Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Praise the Lord. Now, now I need to ask you, are you ready for tonight's word? Are you ready? This is going to be very powerful. I can tell you, it's going to be so powerful. And I just want you to um, get yourself prepared and ready, you know, just like we do with your writing materials, your notepad. If you're watching online as well, please ensure that you get a writing material, a notepad, a pen that you can use to jot and write what the Lord will be saying to you this evening. But first and foremost, um, the new is going to be three year old this weekend. Amen. It's amazing. I just remembered when we first started, about 15 of us would meet every Friday on the topmost floor of this building just to pray. Did that for about August to December is how many months? Six months, right? For five months, right? We did that for five months every Friday, praying just for, for what we have, for the revival that we have today. And you see, the Lord told me that in the third year, it's not coincidence that we've started praying again. Um, if you notice, and if you're on that group, um, you would see that we've been praying every single day, um, every 24 hours, every single day. I want to admonish you again on that group um, that you've been praying. Please join, be a part of it. It's so powerful. We are building up something. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. And so as we are building up something right here, I believe is to catapult us, not just as a church family, but also as an individual into our prophetic destiny. Raise your hands and say after me, I have a prophetic destiny. I'm a child of prophecy and I shall, say it after me, I shall fulfill my prophecies. I didn't say I, I would try to. No, no, no. I shall. So say it after me again. In the name of Jesus, I'm a child of prophecy and so therefore, I shall fulfill my prophecy. Now, this night I'm going to be teaching something so powerful. Last week Sunday, I taught about the role of the church. And I said to you that every week on Sunday, we're going to teach something tailored specific for the old church. But midweek services, we're going to be going deeper. Because I truly believe that those who attend midweek services either physically or those who watch online midweek services are most often than not eager and desperate for something more and so it my commitment in agreement with the lord <laughs> that during the midweek services i'm going to be teaching you know a higher depth of certain things that we would later teach in the old church on sundays and so last week sunday I started to talk about the role of fasting and prayer 
and the importance of fasting and prayer. And I began to talk about that and I talked about that. And if you've not seen that message or if you've not heard that message, I'd like to implore you to please go online and watch it. It's on the new, the new church on YouTube. Or you can go on the website www.wearethenew.org and download it um, or any of those messages. Change the, change the screen for me. Just change it up, please. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Tonight, you can just increase it a little bit more. Pray in the spirit and just follow me. Hey, Augusta, look at me. Pray in the spirit and follow me. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lord. So tonight, I would be teaching on what I've titled Waging War on Prophecies. Waging War on Prophecies. Waging War on Prophecies. The biggest headache of any believer or many believer is the fact that we all receive prophecies. In fact, many of you, when you were growing up, your parents probably told you that they had some sort of difficulties giving birth to you. And so eventually they gave birth to you and maybe one pastor, a prophet, or maybe just maybe your mom or your dad had a dream in the middle of the night and it was a dream, tell us specific for you, that showed that you were a child of prophecy. And just growing up, even for yourself, you could see that it's almost as though God operated a different dimension with you. What am I trying to say? It means that you wanted to go to a particular school, but you found yourself in another school. You wanted to be a bad girl, but you find yourself among good people. You almost look as though God always sort of found the way to orchestrate your life and orchestrate your path into destiny. There were many things that you wanted to do, but some reason, for some reason, you felt constrained not to do all those things you wanted to do. And somewhere in your mind, even though you would rather do the bad things you love to do, somewhere in your mind, you know for sure that you are a child of prophecy. For some reason, when people are supposed to go this part and get into trouble, it's almost as though God has a way of taking you out of that trouble and pulling you into something. And sometimes you wonder, how did these all things happen to me? In fact, for some people right here watching online or those probably listening to me right, um, right here, it's almost as though when you were growing up, some of you even had prophetic encounters in your dreams. So pastors, prominent ministers of God who came to your dreams and had conversations with you. And some of you, you had none of those spiritual encounters, but what you had is a knowing on in your inside that there was something more about my life. You can even totally articulate it to yourself. You just know for some, for some good reason, there seems to be, there is always like a divine orchestration in my life. That very which I don't want to do is that very which God puts me into doing. And many of you sitting right here, it's almost as though you enjoy the grace of God so much that sometimes it's even almost as though you don't even really have to pray so hard for certain things to shape and shift in your life. So you can see the traces of God's hands upon your life. No sutia needs to tell you that. 
No prophet needs to tell you that. For some, for some supernatural reason, it's always as though God has orchestrated your part different from every other person. And as you grew, you realize you get into meetings like this, encounters times like this, and people begin to give you words. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, diverse kind of tongues, tongues and interpretation of tongues, prophecies. People begin to tell you that I see something about you in the next so, 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 so years. Da, 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 will happen to you. Da, da, da. You've had so many prophecies. But the beauty of our Christian faith is that we enjoy the sweet fellowship as brethren when we come together. But the frustration many times is that sometimes these prophecies that comes to our lives, either through a prophet, either through you that the Lord spoke to you, or either through somebody who you respect, sometimes for some reason those prophecies don't come to pass. And you begin to wonder why. Why is it that these prophetic words don't come to pass in my life? If we begin to open up the books of prophecies in our lives, many of us will be surprised. It's not just the prophetic word that even a pastor gives to you. It's even the one that you know by now. You see, there is a clock of the Spirit that I believe that the Holy Spirit has put in every one of us. That clock of the Spirit is what I call the, 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 the signals of the Spirit that helps you to know according to certain seasons in your life, you ought to be walking according to certain prophecies based on the seasons of your life. It's a clock, something that just ticks you, that makes you feel as though that discomfort of the Spirit, that makes you feel as though, you know, by now, I ought to have entered into something. Nobody told you about it. Nobody preached it to you. Nobody shared a word for you where that is concerned. But somewhere on your inside, you can tell that it's time for this thing. I'm not talking about a glutonic spirit that wants to aim and attain something that you know is not yet time for you to enter into. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about something that you know in your Noah, like we say, that you ought to have entered into that shift or into that dimension. But it's almost as though you have not been able to yet find your way around it. And for some of you, it's almost as though you have, but it's almost as though you are still at the riverbank of it. You've not swallowed up fully deep inside of it where you know that, aha, this is it. And that's why tonight, I will be talking on the subject, waging war on prophecies. And see, the biggest prayer in my heart tonight it's not for you to get this message and feel very excited. But it's for you to actually take this thing and let a spirit rest inside your own human spirit as these words are coming. You know, I always like to say John 6, 30, uh, 63, the words which I speak unto you, they are spirits and they are life. That's why we say that words are medium of impartation. They are spirits. So as the word of God is coming forth to you this moment, it's not something that, you know, just, just comes to your spirit. It's something that carries you and drives you. Glory to God. Let's start by reading 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. 1 Timothy 1 18. Media, you're going to give me the amplified version. You're going to give me the NKJV version, and you're going to give me the NLT. Let's look at this. One, two, ready, read. Let's read together. One, two, ready, read. This child and admonition I commit in trust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with prophetic imitations, which, 
which I formerly received concerning you, so that inspired and aided by them, you may wage the good warfare. Now, let's look at um, the New King James Version. Let's read this together. One, two, ready, read. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you. All right, let's look at another verse of scripture, KJV. All right, let's look at the NLT. Fantastic. One, two, ready, read. All right, let's look at the King James now. One, two, ready, read. Now look at this. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee. According to the prophecies which went before thee. Now you need to pause that for a moment. And I want you to just stay right there, media, with me. For you to understand that prophecies go ahead of you. So when we say you are a child of prophecy, what that really means is that your fulfillment of purpose has already happened in that prophetic word. Let me explain what I'm saying to you. If God says to you, or a word comes to you, and says that you are going to be great, you are going to be this, you are going to be that. That prophetic word in the spirit realm has already been established. God has concluded it by speaking it already. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? It means that that which is designed for you has already been established. It's already ahead of you. Now the question sometimes is the problem of that which is ahead of me and me meeting up with that which is ahead of me. This is what we now call prophetic fulfillment. Prophetic fulfillment is simply what is being spoken ahead of you, you now come into the fullness or the manifestation of it. That is what we call the, the, the fulfillment of prophecy. When that prophetic word is actualized, when that prophetic word is activated, when that prophetic word comes to pass, then we see the fulfillment of prophecy. But that word has already gone ahead of you. That word has already gone ahead of you. Glory to God. That word has already gone ahead of you. So if I say that, let me use an, an example. I say PD is a governor of a state, a prophetic word, is a governor of Anambra, Nasarawa, you take Mrs. A. Mrs. A say, no, we don't want to. Yola, Binikebi, Bauchi. <laughs> so we say PD is the governor of the state of Bauchi. That prophetic word has come. He has gone ahead of him. But listen to me. Prophecies never self-establish themselves. Prophecies never self-establish themselves. Listen, the prophet of old, Isaiah, David, they all prophesied about the coming of Jesus. If they only prophesied about the coming of Jesus, but there were no certain things that was done to establish that coming, it would only remain as a prophetic word, but never be established. That is why you will realize in the Bible, we had who we called Simon, who was in the temple, praying, waging warfare, 
to ensure that the prophetic word that has come ahead of Jesus was established. So say, say this after me. Prophetic words don't self-establish themselves. I must be responsible to play a part in assuring that the prophetic words are established. And so it's very important that we establish this first. That it's not as though prophetic words just happen. They don't just happen. Yes, God has spoken it. Yes, the word has come forth. But something must establish it. That's what I want to teach you about this evening. How do we establish this prophetic word? Glory to God. Now, join your Bible with me to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. 1 Kings chapter 18. Are you here with me? 1 Kings 18, 41. Glory to God. Let's read this together. One, two, ready, read. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Listen, I prophesy over somebody right here that in the name of Jesus Christ, let new seasons open up for you now. In your life where you have been experiencing drought, either too, in the name of Jesus Christ, let there be rain in that area of your life. In the name of Jesus, I speak the blessing over you right now. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, where you have had limitation, I declare retrieve much fruits. Where there's been limitation, receive much fruits. Receive much fruits. Receive much fruits. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, look at me, everyone. Tonight, I want you to be very sensitive. I want you to be very sensitive. Musicians, keyboardists, and drummers, work very sensitive with me tonight. There's a place God has showed me tonight that we're going to get into. And I want your heart to be ready to receive it. Listen, prophetic words are very powerful. I've lived all my life with prophetic words telling you and when they come when they are altered I take it and I run with it and that's what I'm going to show you how to do tonight I'm going to show you how to do it that when you are blessed from the altar just like this it's a prophetic word when I say be blessed I'm talking about an establishment so if I say in the name of Jesus Christ be blessed. What that means is, be ye established. It's a prophetic word. It's a word you can run with. It's a word you can anchor on. It's a word you can stay with. It's a word you can run with. The problem sometimes is that we leave it at the standpoint of amen. And that's not enough. And I'm going to teach us how to run with prophetic word so that those words can be established. Again, I say to you, be fruitful. Be blessed. 
let doors open for you. Aratelli Masita Rakatala Bahadias. Jalik Asteles Oparis Farak Eteleminahoya Katala. Let doors open for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Alakatele Katoparatele Mokotopa. Ajalik Astoparatela. Let doors begin to open for you now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every shortcoming in your life, every limitation in your life, may the Lord fill in the gaps right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will not be stranded. 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 Every roadblocks, I open them up now. Every roadblocks, I open them up now. Every roadblocks, I open them up now. Be opened. Let your ground be open. Let your others come. 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 Arapashalapaya. Thank you, Lord. First Kings chapter 18, verse 40, 41. Let's read this together. Want you ready to read? Verse 42. Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. <laughs> now, I need to understand this, explain this to you. This was Elijah who received a prophetic word. I need to come down. <laughs> Elijah received a prophetic word. And when that prophetic word came, he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. He heard the sound as a prophetic word, as something that is about to happen. He saw into the realms of the spirit about something prophetic that is supposed to happen to the city. But listen to me, that was not enough. Just because he heard the sound of abundance of rain, he didn't leave it at that point of leaving it as a sound of abundance of rain. The Bible said he went to the mountaintop, Bent his two knees. Now, when he went to bend his two knees there, he wasn't looking at uh, stones there. It was a posture of prayer. He put his two knees on the ground, head towards the knees, and right there prayed. What was he praying about? He was praying about the fulfillment of the prophecy. That just because a word has come doesn't mean that it will self-establish. Let me tell you something. During the lockdown, the Lord gave me and my wife, or gave me an insight. And he told me about a timing of something. And when he gave me the timing of that thing, the Lord told me, enter into a 30 days prayer for the establishment of it.
every night between the hours of 11 to 12, I would wake up and go and pray. God told me that thing was going to happen. He showed me about it. But just because he showed me wasn't mean that it would self-establish itself. It was on the 16th day. 16th day, I wrote it down in my journal. He said, begin to praise me. 16th day. This is the same posture of Elijah. Elijah understood that it's not enough for me to just declare that I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And just with that alone, I go to sleep. Elijah understood that the moment that word comes forth, it's time for me to wage war. Oh Lord. The moment that word comes forth, it's the moment in which the waging of the prophetic word now starts. And so this was what Elijah did. He went to the top, gathered his guy together, made his posture, bend that knee's head towards the leg. The first time we would say to him, go and check. The guy came back first time, said, I didn't see anything. You see, when that happened, just because he didn't see anything the first time, he didn't stand up and say, this abundance of rain will self-establish itself. No, he went back there again, I believe. He said, go back and check again. Again, back, went there again. He said, I didn't see anything. It came back to him. He said, okay. Ranamo Sotova. Lord, you have given this word. You must establish it, said. Lord, you have spoken this word. I must see the fulfillment of this prophecy. He said, go back again and check. He said, I don't see anything again, sir. He said, I'm not going to get tired. The person who's going to get tired is not me, the devil. Until I see this thing, I'm not going to lift my legs up. Until I see. see listen. There comes a time where until you see prophecies fulfilled, you don't stand up. Any responsibility of prophecy that leaves it 100% to God is a, is a useless prophecy. No. Prophetic words are meant to be waged war upon. Listen to me. Nobody becomes great by just eating and chewing gum. Nobody just comes into the fullness of their reality and their purpose and destiny just by saying God has told me and I'm confessing scripture. I'm just confessing. I'm just confessing. No. You go to God in, in what we call consecrated prayers. Oh God of heaven, the giver of the word, establish your prophecy. Establish your word. Establish your word. Establish your word. This is how we fulfill prophecies. This is how prophecies are fulfilled. And listen to me. You don't rise up until you see the shift. Let me tell you something. I realize the big problem that some of us make is that the moment we see the handwriting of the world, we back off. Thinking that the handwriting of the world is an indication of the fulfillment of prophecy. No. No. When you see the handwriting of the world, which means when you see the process start, it's like the finger, the roots just coming out. Listen to me. That is the time you are supposed to water the plants the most. When you begin to see the handwriting of the world, that's the time you ought to... Let me tell you what happened in the news. 
this year. Towards last year, I started to sense a shift in the church. The Lord started to speak to us as a church to begin to change and recreate our structure, the current structure that we have. We had done some series of prayers before with the pastors, and I'm always very sensitive. I remember that God spoke to me one night. I was about sleeping, and I heard the word in the city of Ephesus so mightily grew the word and prevailed. And I knew what the Spirit of the Lord was saying. So when I woke up that next morning, I think I shared it with the pastors, we started to pray. When we prayed, the Lord started to say to us, create a new structure for the church. The moment we started to do that, I knew that there is no way, because that is a sign of something, of an explosion that's about to happen in the new. I knew that that cannot just happen if we don't enter into some times of prayer. And that is what better the prayer we are having now 24 hours. Because see, listen to me, even when it comes to the agenda of God's work, which is the church, the work of the church don't self-fulfill itself. That's why you can have churches that are in the same position, same place for 20 years. Just because God said they will build the church doesn't mean that you don't do anything. No. Even Jesus told the disciples that, listen to me, I want to send a comforter to you. Haras Palakretos, the Holy Spirit. But ye have to go and tarry ye in Jerusalem, waiting for the promise of the Spirit. They went to Jerusalem, waited there. Until the Spirit came, they were not going to move an inch. Until they had to stay there. The day they leave that building is when the Spirit comes. If the Spirit doesn't come, they stay there. They tarry there until they see the manifestation. Listen to me. There are many things in your life you must tarry until you see it. It's not this day you remember the problem, then you pray about it. Then after two, three months, you remember it again, then you run back to it. Then after three weeks, no, no, no. It's something you stay there. You say, this one, I stay with you. I stay on this one. This is the posture of Elijah. Understanding that, listen, as you say, I'm a child of prophecy. You need to also understand that it doesn't self-fulfill itself. Yes, it's great. I'm a child of prophecy. But it doesn't self-fulfill itself. You have a role to play. Listen, do you know that God had the power to say, Jesus, come, Holy Spirit, come down. They don't need to pray. God has the power to do it. But you see, a spiritual protocol would have been broken. And God doesn't bypass his own protocol. If people want to receive things from heaven, the law of this kingdom is that prayer must be offered up. Something must go from man to heaven for something to come from heaven on earth. The law of seed time and harvest is the same law of oppression even in prayer. It means before something can come out, something must first go under. A bank of deposit of intense prayers must go under. And listen to me, we, we, we are in a generation that don't understand the importance of prayer and fasting. We see it as something we only do when it's congregational time. If the church doesn't call for it, there is no need for it. I wish I can tell you today that you would actually fulfill prophecy. But I'm telling you, if I told you that, I've lied to you. The fullness of your prophecy is in the hands of God, but it's in your own responsibility. 
if you are not responsible with your own life, you will only get in some things by his grace and his mercies. But I'm telling you, there is a dimension that God wants us to operate. And that dimension is for us to be all, somebody say all, that he has called us to be. Not some, not a few. Somebody say all. I choose to be all. Oh, glory to God. I choose to be all. I'm not going to get to heaven and God says, do you know this is a part of you that you never forfeit? No. And you see, it's when we begin to pray, the scroll will be opened more to you. You begin to see more a dimension of you that no man can ever tell you in your own human understanding. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now, how do we wage war with prophecies? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Look at this. Let's read this together. One, two, ready to read. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the word and in the power of his might. Now, listen. Paul was, this letter was written to the church of Ephesus. Now, that church of Ephesus is one of the most occultic areas at that time. If you look at, in fact, for me, my favorite one, yes, my favorite chapter in the Bible is Ephesians. Ephesians is so loaded and so powerful. I want to encourage every one of you to go and read the whole of Ephesians cover to cover. Too many powerful scriptures in that Ephesians. Too many. If you want to really understand your identity in Christ, go and read the Ephesians. I want to encourage you tonight, before you go to bed, it's just six chapters that are there. Go and read it from chapter one to chapter six. Just read it. Read it twice or three times. Just read it. Just read it back to back. Just read it and pray in the Spirit. Just your eyes will be opened. I remember as a campus boy in my part three, I stumbled on that scripture, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above all that I can ask or think. Hey, glory to God. <laughs> woo All that I can ask or think. So it means there are certain things in my imagination, my capacity of imagination cannot even capture the, the greatness of what God can do with my life. That's why I must learn to trust him. If I'm going to fulfill prophecy, my mind cannot fully capture it. Go and read the Ephesians. Now, this was Paul speaking to them right here. And he was saying to them that be strong. Go back, please. Media. Ephesians 6. 10. Glory to God. Ephesians 6. 10. Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Next verse. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wells of the devil. Next verse. Let's read this one together once you're ready to read. Let me just say something here. In February, in Gethsemane, February, I'm going to be teaching about demons and demonology. That's what I'm going to be focused on in February. Every, son, every Tuesday in February, understanding these things, spiritual wickedness, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, 
we're going to teach very thoroughly on it. Very, very thoroughly so that people can understand on Tuesdays, midweek services, so that people can understand studied operations of demonic spirits and how they actually do operate. Can a believer be demon-possessed or can a believer be demon-obsessed or demon-oppressed rather? You know, we're going to talk all over about all of those things, but that's not for today. Let's keep going. Next verse, verse 13. Let's read together. Once you ready, read the whole hammer of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil days. And having done all to stand, stand, stand therefore, having your loins, God with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, this is how. We fight spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare in fulfillment of prophecy is not what we just say. No, it won't happen to me. Uh, what's that thing? Eh? You know, we see all sorts in Christianity. Somebody cost you. Somebody that have juju. I remember one time a friend of mine was telling me about... Uh, by the way, do you know that occultic powers are real? No, if you don't know, you have just started life. I, let me say it again. Do you know that they are real? Let, wait, let me say it. Do you know that there is power there? You know this generation? Say, Do you know that there is power there? Hmm. I remember one time a friend of mine was just in my body. He was going to Ibadan. And the guy who was driving was driving. Another driver was, the driver in which he was, the car in which he was, was trying to overtake. And so they, I think they had a clash or something. And so the Ibadan man said in, to him in Ibadan, said to the driver in Ibadan, and I'm going to translate it, because that thing just stuck with my head since then. He said, which means I will just put it inside water for you. It means they will just put it somewhere for 10 years. Is this neck can be stiff like this. Mean bow is so mean. It means is when I remove it. Ah. <laughs> they will just be using it as morning, night, morning, night, morning, night, when they feel like it, when they don't feel like it. There are powers. Listen to me, children of God. And you must understand that. And let me tell you something. Powers don't have respect with age. It doesn't mean when you are 30 years old, that's when they start dealing with you. They can start by year one. If they prefer that time. So you must have something to match. See, that's why we understand many Christians just live life. You are licking Tom Tom. Tom Tom and La Casera. <laughs> Tom Tom. And small jobs. Hey, 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 that's the song for you. Ah, you are looking top top small chops. When there are, do you understand that even Paul? Because some of us think it's only Africa they have demons. Paul was saying it there. Listen, the demon in Ephesus passed this one. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, power. They categorize them. They get levels. Spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. It means that this one, eh? Hey. You are drinking Zobo. 
and kunu and tapioca. Where are all these names coming from, self? I'm, maybe I'm smelling <laughs> Where you ought to take your life. Ralish telenimastala. Purakatele ishta. Where you, you see, you need insight of the spirit. There are certain times you get insight. Don't go out today. Don't move an inch. And listen to me. Don't dare use faith. And use faith to bypass God's instruction to you. Which means, God tells you, don't do something. You say, I'm walking by faith. I will do it. You, are, you have just erred. You must understand that these powers exist. But glory to God. We have a name that is above every other name. That the mention of the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow. Listen, you ought not to be scared of any power. Listen, every power is under your faith. No matter how far that power seems like. No matter how wide that power seems like. Bible says of Jesus, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made an open spectacle of them, triumphing over them. And guess what? When Jesus overcame principalities and powers, you were with him. In him when that happened. But you must learn how to walk in your authority. You must learn how to walk in your authority. And the only way you walk in your authority is with your words. With your words. And this is what we're reading. Let's go back to that scripture quickly, please. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand the evil days. Next verse. Stand there for right, exactly. Having your loins guard with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, just because of time, I might not be able to teach very deeply, but I'll just breeze on this. Now, the, the loins being guard with truth, you're talking about the loins being guard with truth, basically talks about the word, the truth of God's word. What does God's word say to you? Number one, how do we fight spiritual warfare? Number one, take that number one from this verse of scripture. Having your Lord's God with truth. What does God's word say to me? What does his word say to me? The problem many times is that we don't even know what God's word says. We don't even know what God's word says. What does God, if I ask you today, what's God's word to you where your finances is concerned? What would you say? What's God's word to you where your health is concerned? Do you have a scripture that you're anchoring your life on? What's God's word to you where protection is concerned? What's God's word to you where relationship is concerned? So that's number one. Number two, having on the breastplate of righteousness. You see, this one is very important because the breastplate of righteousness, you know, the breastplate is in this axis. The breastplate of righteousness critically talk about your understanding of who you are in Christ. So raise your two hands and say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, what this means is there are certain things that the devil would say to you or whisper to you based on what you do and what you do not do. And all that there is is to bring you into a place of condemnation. 
And so with that condemnation, you can't come boldly to the throne of grace where you can obtain mercy. So when you feel condemned, you feel as though, how many of you know that, that, that feeling sometimes when you feel condemned, maybe you've done something bad and you feel as though you are, you, you are opened. Like anything can happen to you. Because you. And that's what the scripture is saying, that you must always keep your breastplate on. And that breastplate is your understanding that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And what that means is that it's a gift of righteousness. It's nothing that you did to earn it. It's a gift. Raise your two hands and say, I am as righteous as God, as Jesus is. The same righteousness of Jesus is my righteousness. This helps you to understand that no matter what is happening to you, it's not based on what you have done before. Are you hear what I'm talking about? Don't say, oh, because of what I did when I was growing up, that's why I'm suffering now. No, 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 no. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so when you have that breastplate, it helps you to fight. With that understanding, you can say, devil, no. Because the devil always looks for openings. Praise the Lord. Now let's keep going. Verse 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now let me explain what this gospel of peace means. It's the gospel of peace is the gospel of love. It's the understanding. So number three, I've given you number two now, yeah? Number three is your understanding. Listen, if you want to fight spiritual battles, let me say this to you. You must first forgive people that you have offended or they have offended you. You cannot fight spiritual battles with offense. Jesus said, if somebody, if you have offended somebody, somebody has offended you, go and settle this course before you come and pray. You must understand that. That's what this thing is saying here. The understanding of the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is God's love. Next verse. Number 16. Uh, verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith where which we are able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. Now, this shield of faith, what many of us, you know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Am I correct? Now, this shield of faith is not only the hearing of the word of God, it's also the speaking of the word of God. Because the faith process is not completed if you don't speak. Let me say it again. Faith process is not completed. This is why many people say, I don't have faith. I feel like I don't have faith. No, 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 no. The process that shows me you don't have faith is your actions. When I see your actions, I can tell if you don't have faith. Yes, you might not listen to the word, and you should listen to the word, because when you listen to the word of God, it builds your faith. But just listening to the word of God and not declaring what you are listening to is not faith. Bible says without faith is impossible to please God. Without faith. What pleases God is your faith. And there is no faith without words. So when I want to know that you are really walking by faith, I listen to the words that comes out of your mouth. That shows me. Let me give an example. You go to work. They tell you they've sacked you from your job. Your response of words tells me if you are really in faith or not. Let me tell you what I mean. I mean that it doesn't mean that you are listening to a message. 
They served you at the point where you are listening to a message and you are listening to a message and you are going and say, I'm in faith because you are listening to a message. No. And you are crying, they've killed me, they've removed my job from me. That is, means you are not in faith. You might just be listening to the hearing of the word. The process of faith begins when they tell you that kind of thing and what alters out of your mouth is something different. Yes, I might be out of job, but I know God has a better plan for me. Then, the faith process has started there. Did you get what I'm saying there? Alright, let's go. Keep going. Verse 17. So, you've written that as well. Number four. Faith. And that faith, I explained to it to you that it means the spoken word. Taking the element of salvation. I love this one. Now, when we talk about the helmet, you know we're talking about the head. What comes to your mind? Understanding that you are... I, I'm going to teach on this scripture one of these days, maybe on a Sunday morning, on all of the scriptures. Understand that as, as you give your life to Christ, there are certain things that are your benefits as a believer. Number one on the list is that you now have the life of God in you. Oh, God. Raise your tool and say, I have the Zoe of God. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm living a higher life. It's the life of God in me. Raise your two and say, I have the life of God in me. If the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells on my inside, that same spirit will quicken my mortal bodies. I don't care what sickness it is in my body, but if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells on my inside, it will quicken Quicken means it will bring to life. It means it will come alive. It means there is nothing dead that can stay in my body. Because the so the soyer of God quickens the dead and calls those things who be not as though they were. Glory to God. The understanding of this puts you in a place that I have the life of God in me. I have the life of God. It's not the life that is what you currently have in terms of your spirit. It's actually the same life that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, when the disciples came, when Mary came to the tomb of Jesus, the stone, the stone rather, were rolled away by the angels. But there had to be something higher entered into Jesus it's actually the life of God and when that life came inside that life had to call the dead back to life so the dead Jesus came back to life with that Zoe of God it's called a higher life now listen to me that is the same life that you have in you the same life ah uh, you know, it, there is no spare part in heaven. What that means is this. Let me explain what I mean. It means that when God creates Jesus, he gives Jesus a particular type of life. Then he looks for something lower and gives to us. No. We don't have lesser life. It's the same dimension Jesus had it. It's the very same dimension that you have it. That is why, listen to me, that is why a doctor's report is man's report. 
That's why you must understand that whose report would you believe? Would you rather throw away the report of the word of God? Who tells you that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells on your inside or the report that a doctor gives to you? No, I choose to believe the report of the Lord. His report says I am free. His report says I'm victorious. His report says I will fulfill my destiny. That is the report that I choose to believe. Listen to me. In life, you have an option to choose the way of the Lord or to choose the way of man. Life would always present to you that option. I have a higher life. It's the life of God. It's the very spirit <laughs> that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. The same spirit. It means this, that the spirit that Jesus used on the face of this earth is not the lower type or the compressed version because that's what many of us think that is now in us no it's the same somebody say the same somebody say the same can I help your theological mind repeat do you know that this Zoe we are talking about is actually the very life of God It means what makes God God is that life. And that life of God is actually that life that is in your life, in your spirit. Oh, glory to God. You know, we can close the service at this point. <laughs> Woo! Ah. Now, it doesn't mean that God would not be confronted with darkness because in Genesis chapter 1, God saw darkness. But you know, the response of that higher life requires the speaking word. When you have that higher life, what comes out of your mouth is the word. It's the report of the Lord. Glory to God. Let's keep going. I don't have time. Oh, glory to God. Media. Praise the Lord. Now, and the word and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God do you have your Bibles with you say I have the sword of the spirit say I have the sword of the spirit say after me I have the sword of the spirit now look at me everyone this is text this text don't be a foolish child that will want to sleep in the night. Then open Psalm 91 and put your um, your pillow on it and sleep. That's a foolish child. What God wants to give you is not a Bible on your birthday. What God wants to give you is this word swallowed up in your innermost part of your life this word in your belly eaten by you whereby the word is no longer text the word is now spirit when Jesus was confronted with, the, with Satan what Jesus was replying back to Satan was not the logos it was the rema which came by the logos let me explain something to you the Logos is the beginning stage, which is the written word. The Rema is what can change your life. 
Does somebody understand what I'm saying? That the scripture, give me one scripture that we can use. Anyone. Anybody, give me a scripture. I don't want to point at people now because so that we don't offend people. Because if I point out, I'll say scripture. Leviticus, 20, um, Leviticus 82, verse 1. You will hear all sorts. A scripture, any scripture. Mm-mm, not Psalm 91. Uh-uh. What? All right. Thank you. Now, thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph, that that scripture is no longer just what you are saying, now, thanks be unto God. Is that you are walking in triumph based on understanding of that scripture. It has left just what you read in a book. It has moved to a realm of understanding. What we call the sword of the spirit there is I, I wish I could only tell you that it was it's just this. It's the word of God in your spirit. That's what we call the sword of the spirit. The word of God. And so let me ask you this evening. Do you have the word of God in your spirit? How many of the word of God do you have in your spirit? Would you go on a quest to get soaked with this word in your spirit? Would you meditate? How do you get the word of God in your spirit? Very simple. Number one, read the word. Number two, meditate on the word. How do you meditate on the word? Let's use a very simple scripture. Um, let me use, uh, um, which one do we, everybody know? Psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Very simple. Number one, you've read the scripture. How do you get the word of God in your spirit? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know the scripture. Number two, you meditate on that scripture. Which means you begin to think about it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. So if the Lord is my shepherd, it means that I cannot want anything. Because my shepherd always protects me. I don't have a destination of where I'm going to. Because it's actually the shepherd that takes the sheep to a destination. And as long as I follow the great shepherd, then my destination is secured. Not only that is that my destination is secured, it's also that it's the shepherd that takes them to where they will feed. So it means that my feeding is in the Lord. So if I stay in the Lord, you see, you begin to meditate on the scriptures. As you meditate on the scripture, that scripture will begin to grow inside of you. As that scripture begins to grow inside of you, it becomes life. So sometimes when certain things happen to you, you will not know when that scripture will just come out of your mouth first. Bam! It's not something you read somewhere anymore. It's now something that is now in your spirit. Glory to God. It's now what is in your spirit. And you see, this you can do for any aspect of your life. You can look at your finances. Get a scripture on finances. And meditate on that scripture on finances. You think about your health. Get a scripture on your health. And meditate on that scripture. He himself took my infirmities and brought my diseases. And by his stripes and healed. He himself took it. So even if I'm feeling sick right now, he actually took it. It means that it's not there. I don't have it. Oh yeah. I don't have it. Because somebody took it. And two of us cannot have the same problem. If Christ took it, then I don't have it. He himself took my infirmities and brought my diseases. By his stripes I'm healed. Am I going to be healed? No. It means I'm already healed. Oh, I'm already healed. Wow, I'm healed. I'm healed. If I'm healed, it means I need to start doing things that healed people do. 
So let me walk a bit. Oh yes, I feel tired, but I know I'm healed. I may feel tired, but I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of the Lord. As you begin to meditate on that, the revelation of that word begins to grow in your spirit. It begins to grow in your spirit. This is what we say, and so mightily grew the word and prevailed. Listen to me, when the word of God in your spirit begins to grow, what happens next is the prevailing of that word. The word must prevail. Listen, if you have the word in your spirit, it will grow if you nurture it. And when it grows, it will bring out its harvest. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. The first thing first, put the word in your spirit. Put the word in your spirit. Don't spend eight days on Insta blog. Put the word of God in your spirit. Think about your finances, your business. What word do you have in your spirit for your business? Think about protection. A thousand by four by my right, ten thousand by my left side, but they will not come near me. For he's given his angels charge over me. Oh, so I have angels. Oh, really? So I'm aware of these angels. So they're all around me. So when I move, they're moving with me. When I speak, they act into the voice of his servant. Are you seeing yourself? In that moment, you begin to see yourself the way God sees you. What we don't do in the Christian faith anymore is that we no longer meditate on the scriptures. Listen, you don't know scripture by cramming it. After three months, you will forget it. You know scriptures by meditating on it. You can cram it for physical display so people can know you know. But the result is those who eat it and know it by meditation graduate from knowing it just by quoting to deep meditation this is the understanding that David had David could understood how to meditate on the word glory to God is somebody blessed tonight final verse 18 verse 18 look at this one praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance perseverance and supplication for all saints praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit how do we wage war on prophecies prayer prayer fasting thanksgiving and instructional seeds write it down number one prayer fasting thanksgiving and instructional seeds what that instructional seed means is that in the place of prayer god gives you a direction of a certain seeds he wants you to sow it could be monetary it could be service to somebody it could be service to god it could be anything praise the lord somebody talks today did you get something today now if you take listen to me everyone if you take this arsenals that has been given to you tonight and you practice it you would win battles easily if you practice it the breastplate of righteousness understanding your righteousness in God in Christ, the word of the sword of the spirit, reading the word, not just reading it alone, 
graduating to meditating on the word. And not just meditating alone because meditation is not complete. Oh, sorry, the process of faith is not complete until it's spoken. So when you meditate, you declare it out with your words. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And then praying in all prayer. Praying in all prayer, with all prayers. Understanding that. Praying in the spirit. Once you do this, every prophecy that come for you, you would establish them. Did you hear what I said? You would establish them. Raise your two hands and pray in the spirit for one minute. Your name is a miracle. Your name. Pray in the spirit, everyone. Sometimes you don't you don't do it, so the season just disappears by itself. But again, you can sense that God is calling you. Some of you, with some night times of prayer, is told you between twelve to one. Some of you, you will sleep in the middle of the night, and you will feel some something wakes you up. It's not something. It's not your your father-in-law that is pursuing you, or your mother, or your friend that you owing money. No, it's the spirit of the Lord. It's the spirit of the Lord who is quickening you. 
wake up. Don't let the snoring and the lala and all of those things deter you from destiny. Wake up. Some of you will even wake up, you go to the restroom and come back and the muttering tongues in the bed. At least I'm obeying. And then you wake up the next day, 9.30 a.m. I'm talking. I, see, I don't have to come and say, Does say the Lord. I'm speaking to things right here. Change that. It's calling you. See, and when God beckons on you, he wants to show you a higher vision than you. When God was beckoning on Samuel, he wanted to give him a prophetic ministry. When God is beckoning on you, he wants to give you something higher. Some of you, God has been telling you, pray for your family. You've been sensing it, that I need to pray for my family. But you've just been... May you not rise when trouble starts. Rise now. Thank you, Lord. Some of you, God has been telling you, start praying for your marriage. So when he comes, he will come. He that wants to bring him, he's saying, pray. You are saying, I've, I declare and I, I announce I'm married. You are not serious. He's telling you, pray. Pray in the spirit. Praise the Lord. Is somebody blessed? Did somebody get something? All right. Isabella, just before you came in, the Lord showed me something about you. And the Lord is putting a unique grace upon your life. It's a grace, it's a, it's a supernatural favor. It's like everywhere you go to, you begin to stand out. But I'll tell you something. In this season, the Lord is calling you to setting times, so sometimes, pardon me, of intense fasting and prayer. And this is what you see. It's almost as though he wants to reveal you to you. And you see, there's a way you can think you know a dimension of yourself just because of your giftings or just because of the things that you find easy to do. And sometimes we cap our lives based on our giftings. If someone had seen David, someone would have thought that David is um, so many giftings in David's life. You think it's a warrior, you think he's a musician, you think he's a prophet, you think he's a psalmist, you think he's a, a, a king. You see all sorts. And you can mistake destiny and say, oh, this is what I've been called to do. But until the creator reveals to you who you are, you don't even know who you are. And may the Lord reveal his hidden truth to you. Let the grace of God rest strongly upon you right now. May his hands be very mighty upon you. May he bring you to the fullness of the call upon your life. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.